guys, welcome to When the Going Gets Tough with Adam Giard and myself, Sean Kate. We are rocking and rolling. Um, it is the end of 2022. Yeah. We have had a blast recording half a dozen podcasts so far. We're going to keep yeah. working on rolling some out. So come 23, you'll be listening to these. A um, little bit of lag, but nothing too shabby. Yeah, dude, by, by the 2023, probably around this time, you guys will be sick of us, and we'll have a whopping audience of about 20 listeners. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, we'll have about 180 podcasts out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Potentially. <laughs> That'd be nuts. Think so. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, but jokes aside, how are you doing, Ed? Good. I just had, like, my first relatively relaxed weekend in, like, what feels like a month and a half. I didn't right. travel. I got to stay home. Grady came by because he was driving from Fort Benning, Georgia to uh, Severna Park, Maryland. So he stopped for Friday, Saturday and left this morning. So it was fun. Celebrated today's birthday. And that nice. was kind of it. How about you? Yeah, dude. I'm doing good. It's been a great week post 100K. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's crazy that that was like a week ago. It feels like two months ago. But yeah lots of active recovery this week lots of downtime which has been super nice nice uh, yeah kind of the same um yeah yeah holidays any- coming up lots of holiday parties facts yeah absolutely any updates on like uh the the liberty position yeah so i'll start that in january so nice. i'll be a paper pusher like you yeah baby <laughs> Dude, I uh, I just went through like like Saturday morning. I woke up. I don't know what it was like. The other day, I just had like a switch flip where I was like, I'm done just like thinking about all the things I want to do, and I'm just gonna like actually start making progress towards stuff. So I don't talk yeah. about it in like an aspiring way. More like I talk about it as in like a steps towards it way. I like. And this I'm is like, what I'm doing. what'd you say? Like this is what I'm doing, not what I'm like I want to do. Exactly. So then I I was looking into like what certifications I need to be firefighter, what I need to do to be like certain things like that. So I think I'm going to apply. Uh, you have to get like a firefighter one and firefighter two certification through like two companies. I think they lead seminars where you get them or it's like through like a technical college. So I'm going to see if I can do like night school or something, just like try to get on that grind baby and like work towards it. Yeah. So that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely with you there where it's like there's so many things i feel like we're on the cusp of where we have these really good ideas a lot of um idea generation and like goals dreams but it's hard to boil those down into like actionable like what am i gonna do yeah or like you know what am i gonna do today that gets me closer to that goal yeah which is what you go no, I was just going to say, that's totally it. It's like so hard. You're like, what do I do? What what can I even do? And then, yeah. I don't know. You just kind of got to go. Yeah. Yeah, do something. Um, imperfect, act, or imperfect action is better than a perfect plan, Sean. Right. You got it. So that's what I'm trying to do. Cool. Well, today we're going to talk about um, how to, not how to, but what it's been like for us to train through injuries. Um I would never say that I am a uh, expert on this or that I am my story is one that you should, you know, try to replicate, but 
I've trained through some injuries. Adam's dealing with one right now with his shoulder. Uh, so we're going to basically just get into that and talk about what are the ways to like not we can also go way back to the ACL tears for Adam, yeah. but but it's like yeah, definitely it's more like the idea of like how to not stop going rather than to keep going forward, even if it feels like okay, I'm completely off progress now of like the lifts I wanted to hit or the miles I wanted to hit. It's more like okay, I'm not like going off the rails, I'm not like losing all my progress. It's more just I'm starting to step into other things to maybe like other elements of my like fitness activity lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like you have to like Mm -hmm. basically substitute and be okay with substituting. Yeah. Yeah, Like what you're describing is like being flexible with your exercise. Like if, if I'm so locked into running and I have a debilitating injury where it just isn't healthy for me to run anymore and I'm unwilling to try anything else, I'm not really a healthy person. Like, yeah. Yeah, like we have to have these rotating, flexible, diverse, like dynamic ways to move, to do things. Because like you said, you know, what happens when you just like, are you just going to quit? Because you have, yeah, you know, something, some obstacle in your way. Because you have an owie. Are you going to quit? Because you have an owie, dude. Yeah. Uh, recently, though, I definitely did uh, a big, it was like definitely not a bigger inconvenience, just like my first inconvenience in a very long time. Cause like we've mentioned it, double ACL, like uh senior year to going into freshman year of college, like a tournament right ACL twice, which was like really annoying, but I'm going to be like, obviously walking and like walking hurt, like didn't work out very well, you know, in the beginning of that process, but like not being able to run stunk. And then my legs fell behind in lifts, but I could still like lift a bunch of upper body, which like when you're starting to lift, that's kind of what brings up the adrenaline and makes you feel good. So I was still getting biceps, you know, my chest was growing. So I like felt okay. But I feel like, I feel like with this past injury, it was like, I sorry, like I tore my slap labrum. It's either a partial tear, meaning it's almost all the way through. Or it's a full tear all the way through. I didn't get an MRI, but the doctor was just like, I know what this is. So it's a slap labrum, which is like what MLB pitchers get, which is funny because I was just so doing the incline. It's not the front of your shoulder. I think it's like here. It's like anterior. Okay. It's almost yeah. Like going that way. So I don't really know. He he drew it out on a piece of paper and like I looked at it and was like, for sure I get what you're doing, but I didn't. Um, but it's definitely been something that's weird because it's like, okay. Should have stuck with that exercise science degree. Yeah, right, dude. I was like, <laughs> I'm over here like I have no idea. I'm not exercise science, I'm marketing. I wish I was exercising. You were though, back in the day. Oh stuck yeah. Running. And I was kinesiology for a week. That was before I even started at Liberty, though. Oh, word. Yeah, but uh, it was funny. But yeah, this injury's definitely been weird because I love training, like, chest, shoulders, and, like, back. And I was on a big streak of going pretty heavy when I was at school. I had, like, 100-pound dumbbells, so I was, like, doing those for chest press. Like, I was really pushing my body. And then I came back home after graduating, and, like, we only have 50-pound dumbbells. And, like, that was all I could max with. And then I got hurt when I visited my buddy. And I decided to do chest two days in a row. Don't recommend. And I threw up weight that wasn't even that heavy for me. I was able to do it, but my shoulder gave out. And that's where the injury happened. But this one's been so weird because it's like so many weird little movements react to it. And it's it's mm-hmm. just definitely been more of a transition of like, I can keep going, but I really need to play around with like what I can actually do to work certain body parts. So like my full routine has like, 
almost been turned upside down on its head on like how I train. Yeah. So, so it's been super interesting. Yeah. Cause even if you're doing like something that's super hamstring, like, or like glue dominant, like a deadlift, you still need your shoulder engaged in that activity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think, I think it's been interesting and like something that definitely has helped me learn. It's like, I was so comfortable doing one thing and then I'm like, okay, now I strive to get the same feeling and the same results from something that's, I guess, a very different like style of training. Yeah. So I, I was, I was doing a lot of heavier, as I said, I was like doing heavy for high reps or just like heavy, not heavy for high reps, but heavy for like a lower repetition. I never go low rep. I usually stay within like eight to 12 range. It's usually my go-to. But like after this injury, it was like, okay, I can't do anything chest press. So I'm doing all push-ups. So it's like lots and lots of repetitions on push-ups. And then when I'm doing cable flies, instead of going to a point where it's like lots of tension to get like a couple good reps of just squeeze, it's like, I'm going until it's like, I'll probably go like 20 reps until I start feeling it because of how light the weight is. And then I finally start getting into the working sets. So it's almost like you have like in lifting, you usually have a couple reps that are like the warm up, almost feel like warm up reps and you get into the working reps where it's like, okay, I'm feeling it. And this is where I have to push through. And this is where the muscles built. So mm-hmm. it's just a lot more patience to get to the working reps. And it's been definitely an interesting feeling just to be back at almost like square one being like, I'm lifting 10 pounds in this, I'm lifting five pounds in this, but I definitely feel like I'm getting the same results, which has been pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. So like kind of what I just heard you say was instead of going for the weight that you would typically go for, because you're trying to minimize any, any more damage on your shoulder, like you're doing higher reps. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. high rep, low weight. And it's been, it's, I think it's honestly suiting my body way better. I don't know if like, if you've had anything like this, I know you've had like chronic, like what was it? Your butt, butt tightness basically. And like hips. Yeah. Piriformis syndrome. It's a, it's, it's a disaster. Yeah. So we'll talk about that later. But yeah, like when you were doing that, like, did you ever hit spots where you're like, I have to like complete, like for this day, I would normally do blank, but I'm completely flipping like the agenda on it and like doing something completely different and I'm still doing something, but it's not what I normally would do. Yeah. I think for me, it, it was because piriformis syndrome is more like a chronic muscle tightness than it is like a, like a specific injury. It can occur because of injury. It can occur because of asymmetry or if you have scoliosis or some kind of um, particularly like lower back issues. I would do like, like I'd get, I'd set out to do my speed workout. And for me, like with running, like I never really have had an issue with any kind of chronic tightness or like debilitating pain at Mm -hmm. lower paces. Like when I'm doing kind of maintenance work, low heart rate, low and slow, long efforts, like those ones typically don't generate any issues, but it's when I get on a track and I'm doing intervals or speed work or sprints or when I'm doing like a tempo run um, or like a longer effort that is still high intensity, that's when I would get to feel injuries. So like there have been mm-hmm. times where I've shown up to the track and been like, all right, I'm going to do six by one mile at, you know, 530, 525, 520, 515, 510, 505. 
like and then last rip as fast as possible dang and i'll do the third mile and be like this this isn't happening today Mm. and that's brutal because like there's a mental aspect to it that's like yeah i don't feel like doing all these reps but it's i'm kind of having to decipher like is this like i don't feel like doing this or i feel like if i do this i'm not going to be able to run tomorrow yeah and so discerning that is big and like that goes into ego lifting and ego running where it's like the reasons i've gotten hurt in the past is when i have been like no like i'm gonna i'm gonna grind out the last three reps and like oh bad idea you know like yeah. <laughs> oh you know you always know when you're like man like i'm sure when you tore your labor and you were like i knew i shouldn't have done that it was literally the exact same exact same mindset you just described it was like okay my buddy had just done like eight reps and i was like i gotta hit eight and i or it was like six reps and i guess hit six i hit four and i was like okay i did hit five and i was like wow okay and i hit six and I got up and completed the rep and I was like, sweet. And then shoulder gave out and it went and I just <laughs> dropped it. And I was like, wow, I'm an idiot. Why didn't I just stop at five? It's like, it's like the little thing where you're like, yeah. And it's like, it's almost like the post lift clarity. You're like, what did I do? Or like post injury. You're like, oh my gosh, like I'm such an idiot. Like, yeah. It's like, you. Falling. yeah, exactly. Immediately falling. You're like, I knew I was just, I knew it was going to happen, but I still went through with it because of ego mindset. You're like, oh, I'm just being a wuss. Like I'm, it's definitely like, it's my mindset. It's not my body. It's my mindset. So I think deciphering mm-hmm. between that, like, as you said, is probably the hardest thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the ways that like has helped me work through that is like knowing that it's important, like just keeping that long, long term in mind, like knowing what your goals are, um, you know, yeah. because yeah. like, and not forgetting. So like, the problem with the reason why I go for that extra repeat or that extra interval, or you go for that extra rep is like in that moment, you're like, I got to prove to myself that I'm strong. I got to prove to myself that I'm tough. I got to prove to myself that when my buddy does it, I can do it too. But like, for me, the reality is like, I don't need to prove to myself on a random Tuesday that I'm fast. I know that I'm fast. Yeah. And like, to whatever relative degree that means like you don't need to prove to yourself that you're strong mentally tough i mean there are moments when we do prove that to ourselves and it's important to follow through with those moments mm-hmm. but when it comes to like nitty-gritty like you know another alternative is okay so like being creative with it like if i had those paces set as goals for each each mile interval then instead of ego running a 520 it's like okay first three reps were pretty were pretty rough kind of aggravated this thing in my hip that's really been bothering me i'm gonna do the last three reps a minute slower yeah and maybe that's what it needs to be i mean there's times where it's like yeah you should finish what you start doing but easing off the weight easing off the pace finish the workout but don't hurt yourself i mean keeping in mind like you don't need to prove to yourself in this one moment that you're fast because you'll Mm -hmm. get more opportunities to do that if you don't get hurt yeah and you don't need to prove to yourself that you're strong because you'll get plenty of opportunities to prove how strong you are if you're patient with the process and are more concerned about like stacking the foundational bricks than you are about like a moment of glory yeah that's so (laughs) facts 
And I feel like, I feel like a lot of things too, is it's like, I always talk with like my friends, if I'm teaching, like lifting with them for the first time or like they want to join me for work. I'm like, are you, I always go, do you, are you feeling it? And they're like, yeah, I'm feeling it. And they're like, it definitely hurts. I'm like, good hurt or bad hurt. <laughs> it's like, there's a very big <laughs> difference between good hurt and bad hurt. It's like, if you're doing yeah. like something you're like, oh yeah, I'm definitely feeling it. And you're like, oh, my hips are killing me. I'm like, it shouldn't be like that at all. I was like, you should be feeling yeah. your quads. You should be feeling your hamstrings. It's like, so it's one of those things where you have to be able to decipher like where the workout or where the run, like where it's supposed to hurt or it's supposed to be painful or it's supposed to be tough. Yeah. And then once it starts feeling it in an area that might be a bad hurt, it's like, okay, like let's ease off the gas a little bit and like reassess the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think like for me, uh, an easy litmus test is, okay, does it hurt on both sides of my body? Like yeah. both of my quads hurt. Like, okay, this is just a hard workout. Does one of my hamstrings hurt way worse than the other one? <laughs> that's that's injury. Like that's an injury about to happen. I'm probably uh, cramping. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and I don't know, like yeah, you can definitely cramp on one side of your body versus the other, depending on what kind of activity you're doing. Like if you're playing tennis, the swinging arm is gonna, you know, that's different. Yeah. But yeah. um, or if you're a baseball pitcher, it's a different story. But for me, like running, it's like, man, if it's if it's hurting on both sides, I'm probably doing something right. Yeah. If it's like a if it's like a sore, you know, dull, like tired pain, I've started to learn how to how to decipher that as opposed to like a sharp shooting kind of joint area pain. Or like, like nerve. Yeah. 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 Like if your foot goes numb. Stop. On your left side of your body, <laughs> you're pinching, you're pinching your sciatic nerve. <laughs> yeah. And I, but I, I do think there's like the, uh, the other side of the spectrum of that too, where it's like, I've talked to a lot of my friends where I'm like, Hey, like come to the gym with me. We'll like do a workout. And they're like, Oh, I can't like blah, blah, blah is hurt. And I'm always like, well, if I was, and then I'm always like very enthusiastic. Cause I'm like, I always want all my friends to come work out with me. Like, I don't really care what their experience is. I'm just like, come on guys. I love it. So you're gonna have to love it for sure. Right. So like. <laughs> I may force them into it, but uh, not in like a bad way. But if they're coming in with an injury, I'm like, I we won't work that injury. Like we'll, we'll work around it. We may even have some preventative things we can do to like make it feel better. But like, I guarantee you there's something you can do in the gym while I'm there. Even if it's not working out with me, that'll be like beneficial to your life. Like yeah, I have a absolutely. couple of friends that are like, oh, I have back problems. I have this, I have knee problems. And I'm like, I'm like, I hear you. I hear you all the way through. But I was like, I guarantee you there's something we can do that won't bug you. Like I guarantee there's something we can find. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a good, a good mindset of like, you will benefit from doing something, even if you can't or shouldn't, you know, deadlift 300 pounds. It's like, let's get in there and do some single leg stuff. Like let's get yeah. in there and do some mobility, do some, do some core. Like everyone benefits from that. Yeah. Not a lot of us that have like, n like naturally incorporated core workouts. Cause like what are we doing right now sitting and like <laughs> i'm sitting in a comfortable chair my core is le less than engaged you know <laughs> yeah exactly this is what your job looks like you know you benefit from that but the running is a little different because it's like hard for me to be like my buddy's like yeah I, you know twisted my ankle really bad i'm not going to be like hey let's go for you know my 12 mile run i have scheduled for today yeah casually right <laughs> like but then there's ways like for me with that like a different you know a different side of it is like oh well, like 
join me for my cool down. Like I'm going to run three miles for a cool down. Yeah. And it's yeah. always nice to have someone look forward to like joining you on a run. Um, and I think you just can't be so dogmatic about it. Like that's one way to get injured guaranteed. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it's like uh, the difference between letting your injury be something that you learn from and learn how to work around or like being a complete limit on what you do. So you can let it limit you. You can let it be an opportunity to learn and like learn a different way to train, learn a new mm -hmm. activity, learn a new skill, learn something that maybe you've been thinking about doing like cycling more. And when my shoulder hurt, I started hitting the bike more. I'm like, Oh, I like the bike. The bike feels good. My legs feel good. I get cardio. Like I feel great. It's like, doing something else rather than like completely limiting yourself. I could be like, yeah. dude, my shoulders busted. I'm like, dude, I can't do anything. Like I literally yeah. can't do anything. And it's like, that wasn't the case. Cause I was like, I can do legs. I can do light weights for my arms and I can do cardio. So that's what yeah. I'm gonna do. And that's what I did. Do you think you struggle from, I think a lot of people struggle from like, especially young people from like an all or nothing mentality. Like, have you ever dealt with that in your injury, like career? Um, Definitely. I think it's like the whole like egotistical entrepreneur sleep when you're dead mindset. I think like I actually do though. I Hustle think, culture. Yeah, exactly. Like Sigma grind set. You know, it's like that thing where we're always told like, it's okay. You rest when you're dead. Go, go, put it in, put in all the work, go. And I think for a while I was doing that. I would just like go till I was like dead. Just go till I was like, I had nothing left. But then you hit a certain point where it's like, you have muscle growth, you have support systems, but there are still your body's not like forever malleable to whatever you want to do. It's like, you still have to figure out what works for you. You got to be like careful on those things. And like, that's where most of my injuries, my ACLs were just unlucky. Um, mm -hmm. But like my, when I get like lower back injuries, hip injuries, and like now my shoulder, it's like a lot of times that's from like pushing when I don't need to push anymore yeah. where I'm like, Oh, come on. One more rep. Like I'm being, I'm being so soft. I'll like look at myself and I'll be like, Oh, you're being a pussy or like, Oh, you're being a bitch. It's like, just go. And then I, I usually will go. And then I can't walk the next day. Cause my back's like seized up in the lower back. And it's like, that was so stupid. Why did I do 50 more squats when I didn't need to? Yeah. Yeah. hundred so. percent. Yeah. I, I definitely like the all or nothing mentality was like how I started running. It was like either I'm going to run as fast as I can every single time I go out for a run. Yeah. Or yeah. like I might as well not run, which is so stupid. Um, yeah. And it, it's cool because like I was talking to a friend of mine who's an assistant coach at like a D2 college out here in central Virginia. And he like works with the men's and the women's team. And I was sharing about my, my like hip injury and like way back from rowing, like this is a, like ongoing five-year process i've been mm -hmm. in um and he was like one of the best things that happens to our young guys is like they do get hurt and then they learn how to do things right totally um and so like if you're you know a young athlete or if you're just someone who's dealing with an injury right now don't see it as like a career ender i mean it could be i don't know your story but like it if it's not a career ender it's potentially like the best thing that could happen to you because you will have to do things right and if you do things right you'll be doing what you love way longer than if you just have that hammer like every workout mentality like all or nothing because yeah. you'll give it all and then you'll have nothing and then you won't have anything to give yeah that's so fast like I, I think as i said it's like the learning like learning from the injury like if i hadn't I, I would, when you like squat you 
Do you ever do like weight training when you're in like I guess that ACC high school, like your hybrid high school thing? Yeah, Did you ever yeah. do like weight training? Yeah. So it's like I feel like when I like was first learning to back squat, it's like you put the weight on and you put all the pressure on your toes and then you everybody would like fall forward and then like, <laughs> like eventually get your butt down and then like go up and it's like it's terrible for your back, it's terrible for your knees, it's like just overall horrible for your body. And that could have been like, I always suspect that's like a stemming reason why my knee was so like, like my knee just randomly tore when I first tore my ACL. And I'm like, maybe something happened in training. Like I was in weight training and I always sucked at squatting. So I'd like, I don't know. I just like, didn't do it well. And then dude, if I hadn't hurt my knee, like I would not be doing like squats properly. Now I'm like completely all pressure in your heel. I completely sit down vertically, like my back straight. I go like seated and I go like into a deep squat, ass to grass, and then I go up and I only front squat. And that's been like so much less pressure on my knees. Technically, it's like depends on who you ask, because obviously there's the powerlifting back squats, very different. But like mm -hmm. the proper squat is the front squat, supposedly. And this is just me saying what like what works for me in a sense is the front squat works. I have complete mobility in my hips and my knees. I get yeah. deep. And then you come up and obviously I'm not throwing crazy weights. I'm like goblet squatting. Usually like if my back's feeling good, I'm goblet squatting a decent amount of weight, but it's a dumbbell. And it's like, okay, I can do like a 90 pound dumbbell on like a good day for five reps, but it's not like I'm doing 365 on my back going mm -hmm. down, crushing my knees and then coming back up and being like, Oh my God, like my body can't do that. Like I'm just not built for that. So it's been cool to like, find the the proper squat for me which is like still working mobility on top of strength and then not recreating or causing injuries yeah yeah it's functional yeah that's the, that is the key if it's not functional like why are we doing it you know because it's fun yeah for sure i mean there's there's reasons why but um like if you're thinking about long-term life health health in general like well you can sacrifice health for fitness, you know, air quotes. Fitness. Yeah, true. Um, and lots of people do it. Um, I've been guilty of it. You know, I think like I'm processing uh, the end of like about a six month block of running, training hard with minimal breaks, minimal rest, uh, a little bit of downtime at the end of races and a little bit of tapering before races. But like coming off of a hundred K, like I know for a fact, just the way I felt after that, I gave it everything I had and like everything my fitness was worth. It was a very honest, mm -hmm. honest effort, but it just wasn't, I'm like, this is not good for me. This can't, the way I feel afterwards is like the way you feel when you're, you know, with a bad hangover. It's like, yeah. you know, what you just did isn't necessarily healthy. So like going into the next year of training, my goal is to try to find a way to do just as intense and like extreme an effort with more like just a healthier foundation for it. So I'm not like, if I could finish a race and be like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm, you know, I don't feel like I just hurt myself or like yeah. I'm sick. Like I feel ill. Like I just had the flu or something. Then that would be ideal because then I'm not sacrificing health for fitness. Cause like I, you definitely sacrifice some of your health to perform at that highest level on in a long endurance event, whether it's an Ironman or an ultra or even a marathon, um, totally. which for those of us who are like hardcore, 
it's worth it. Like that's what you're doing. That's what you want to do. And you are, if you know you're weighing that, that cost and you, you're aware. So, I mean, I guess that's not, and that's just a choice, but if you're not aware, that's really dumb. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I would think, I think it's dumb. Even like knowing makes me a little bit like, it's like, why would you do that if you knew it was bad for you? But then if you don't know it's bad for you, then you're really in a bad spot. Yeah. It's like, not that you're dumb. It's more just like, you're not aware, uneducated at the moment. It's like yeah. probably before any endeavor, like, as you said, it's like do research, even though in times it's like, not like I started doing research before I went lifting or you, you did research, I would say before you started altering, but also at the same time, you just started running like forever. Yeah. It's like, would, would you say you did like extensive research and like found out perfect training no. regimens? No, I didn't. I, I basically, I don't even know where I got my ideas from. I was just like, okay. I'm, I, I was in the running class with true, Dr. True, Horton, true. David Horton at Liberty. And he, he's really good at giving um, inspirational advice, but mm -hmm. he doesn't necessarily, um, he doesn't claim to be a coach. He's not claiming to give like training plans out to students. Mm -hmm. He just kind of provides a framework and the motivation to like run your first 50 K. And so the need, the details of that are super important, but they kind of got lost in translation for me because I just heard and saw like, Oh, people run 50, 60, 70, 80 miles a week. And that's <laughs> how you train for an ultra. And the way you get there is you run 30 miles a week. And then the next week you run 40 and the next week you run 50 and then you run 60 and then you run 70. And then you try to run 70 as many weeks as you can. And then you take a week or two off and you run your race. Dang. I was like, yeah, that was like, that was the extent of the science behind my training <laughs> was like an arbitrary pyramid of like, okay, 30, 40, 50, 60. And I got so injured training for promised land. My first 50 K my second 50 K that I think there were three or four weeks where I trained at like 30 or 40 miles a week, which for me at the time didn't feel like a lot, but it was all I could do. Yeah. And not like die. Yeah. <laughs> which is bad because like ideally I'd been running 60, 70 miles a week, but at a much more sustainable rate and totally. with your rhythm, slower, lower heart rate, instead of just like Hell seven yeah. minutes pace, like 175, 185 heart rate all the time. Yeah. I remember getting to the top of a hill um, on a mountain close to here and like blacking out because my heart rate was like 205. Holy crap. I had to like walk in circles and like sit on the ground and breathe. Dude, that's terrifying. 10 minutes before. <laughs> your poster <laughs> just came down. Dude, your poster <laughs> just blacked out. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Just wow. <laughs> <laughs> right on cue, bro. I remember okay. telling my friend who's a firefighter, like, yeah, dude, I'm pretty hardcore. Like my heart rate got up to 200. And he was like, your heart rate should never be that Never be at 200, <laughs> dude. Like, I was like, really? He was like, yeah, that's really not great. And I was like, oh, I thought it was kind of cool. Like, mm -mm. I got up there and he was like, yeah, no, you could die. So like, you should oh. stay down from there. <laughs> you should not be there. Yeah. Thanks. Well, yeah, I, I think half of this is just like, like the premise of the podcast to begin with, especially with this topic is like just us talking about how dumb we were <laughs> and being like, hey, guys, don't be dumb. Like, don't be as dumb. Like, you will be dumb. Everybody's gonna be dumb. And you usually have to like make a mistake to learn. But it's like, 
still yeah. at the end of the day it's like we have blatant things we know we did wrong and we're like please just like refrain it, it'll save you a lot of time yeah it's a lot of time and i guess it's like this is true for like business and life and that's why i think for me running and i'm sure lifting and exercising in general works for this analogy but just the idea that like there's a certain amount of like rest required in combination with hard work that produces the best result totally and like you just simply can't do like what we were talking about earlier that hustle culture like balls to the wall 100 miles an hour all the time and when you go from zero to that you're gonna find results like you're gonna see results like when you go from the couch to a marathon in your first training block running hard doing stupid things in your training overreaching in your lifting they're going to produce results because your body's like whoa what are we doing yeah, yeah, yeah. And only for a really short period of time though before you just absolutely tank and it's like because our bodies are like smarter than we are most of the time it's yeah, like, yeah. hey we're not doing this like i'm out <laughs> yeah it's like it's like the perfect balance between your brain your body knows it can go further than your brain wants to sometimes but then real reversal it's like you're like oh i can go way further and your body's like no bro you cannot yeah like not like this like we'll we'll do it but not the way you're trying to make it happen right yeah, now exactly yeah that's, that's how i felt <laughs> i was talking to my coach after i ran 100 miles and i was like yeah i just well so a little bit of context i had a head cold like the week of the race i was super bummed i was like praying that it would go away taking tons of like emergency and drinking tea just slight like headache and congestion when I started and like throughout the race my head cold traveled from my sinuses into my chest and um like around mile 93 or 94 I just realized that I wasn't getting full deep breaths and I couldn't breathe and I just physically couldn't get myself to run I was like I I have to run I need to run I'm six miles away from the finish I've come so far but I like could not get my body in gear and I was talking to my coach and he was like, yeah, that was probably your body being like, mm, if the choice is like run a little more or die, like <laughs> and die or not run and not die, like your body was overriding your mind saying like, we're not going to die today because you want to run five yeah. miles. We're going to walk because you don't need to run, but you need to live. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So it's like funny, like it can get really literal, like your body will shut down before you kill yourself in yeah. this situation like that. Well, that's Which such cool. an extreme, but also yeah. it's very, it's still applicable to like little things. Like what you said about going from the couch to the marathon. It's like, yeah. it's all about the sustainability. It's like, okay, great. You made a week of progress and you feel good. You feel great. But then you wake up the next Monday and you like literally can't move your arms. And it's like, you're totally locked out and you feel terrible. It's like, you're not going to get back in the gym and then all the progress is going to go away and you're going to go back down the road of like being unproductive again. Yeah. So it's like whole premise of this podcast, whole premise of everything. It's like the going is going to get tough always. It's going to be tough to get, get up and get going. But it's like at the end goal, whatever you choose to do or however you choose to do your, like wherever your journey starts, start it to where you can also finish it. Don't Mm -hmm. just start it. And be like, let's see if we can go for a finish. It's like, no, like, let's start it like in a sustainable fashion to where, you know, you can uphold it, maybe even lowball yourself, but like get the ball rolling and eventually yeah. you'll pick up momentum and you'll be accomplishing things you didn't even think you could accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think that sustainability is like, that's the key. 
I think it's crazy how how sometimes like that extreme example of like me running 100 miles but then there's examples of like people who like have that mindset the way that they approach work and they will go years years at an unsustainable pace and then just get knocked on their can't mm-hmm. and it's like why why am i emotionally or mentally paralyzed right now yeah because like we just aren't humans are not made for that um like we like we said, like there's that, that crazy, like the formula with like work and rest is so important. Um, that's why you rest between reps, right? Like, yeah. what's your, like, what's your preferred, like work to rest ratio in like a, in like a given workout? It, de- it depends on the movement. If I'm doing heavier yeah. squats, I like, I'll rest from anywhere from like a minute to like maybe even four minutes, depending on how much it took out of me. I mean, I think I rest mostly off of feel. If I'm doing okay. like less complex body movement, body movements, like my arms or my shoulders say, and it's like less compound, less full body exertion, I can do, I usually prefer to do a rest of like 30 seconds to a minute. I'll rest pretty quickly just because I like to maintain the blood flow in those areas. Mm-hmm. But it's like one of those things where like, you just have to listen. So it's like, if I do legs and there's times where I'll do legs and I'll finish like a circuit or a superset. And I'm like, I will faint if I go again right now. Yeah. Like what you said, like my heart rate jacks when I do legs, it goes so high and I'm like, okay, I got to control my breath. I got to control my breathing. And then like, if I go again, like I've, I've, I fainted once, like I was doing a circle with Paige and then I was like, okay. And I just kept going. And then I was also talking to her. So I wasn't like controlling my breathing. So then I stepped outside and I was walking and I'm like, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass out. So then I just like laid on a park bench. It was like in her like community. And I was like laid on a bench and I sat there. I was like, gosh i was like i'm so dumb i was like i should just like the same thing i was like why didn't i just like give myself another five minutes just like actually breathe in between that last set so but that was another tangent but yeah my time usually based on depends on like eh, usually depends on the type of lift i'm doing yeah that's great i mean that's just a micro like there's there's so many levels of it but it's true on every scale it's like on a micro scale in a singular workout you're spending three or four, four minutes resting and that's like so important to your workout and then on a macro scale it's like you should be spending one day a week resting you should be spending one weekend a month like getting away you should be spending Mm -hmm. one month a year like really like easing off of like intense effort because those rhythms like keep you going for the long haul which is like for me that's what it's all about i'm (laughs) all i care about is the long haul literally but like at the same time like if i'm gonna hit my peak of running it's not going to be for years. So yeah. I'm not going to spend five years injured and then hit my peak, you know? Yeah. That, that doesn't make sense. So, and for you, like for anyone, like you want to see your kids and your grandkids, like don't, don't dig yourself a hole. You can't get out of before you turn 30. Like, why are we yeah. doing this? I don't want to pick up a kid and be like, Oh, oh it's out of the socket again. <laughs> <laughs> my labrum. No, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I'm waiting for that dad strength. That's gonna be unmatched. Dude, we should get a dad on here and ask him about it, or like a uh, exercise scientist to talk about. I think the dad strength is just from being like carrying the child, but then also like having to just do aimless moving and tasks. Or it's just, or is it just do you think like an overall collectiveness of picking things up for so long? <laughs> I think it, I think it's a combination for sure 
I would love to talk to someone who actually knows like what yeah. phenomenon is because it's definitely a thing. Like we can agree. Like yeah, old men in their fifties and sixties who don't work out anymore just have this like hidden strength. You're totally. Like, where did that come from? But yeah, you're like, what the heck? Like, yeah, there is a strength that comes from with age. Like Dr. Horton told me, like I, one time I went up to him, I was like, How how do you think I could win this race next year? And he was like, No. <laughs> and I was like, not even if I had the perfect training. He was like, Nope. <laughs> and I was like, Really? He was like, the guys who are running and have been training for years, like they have that that base of five or 10 years on you like you can't get overnight yeah like, that sucks but also it's exciting <laughs> because it means like the ceiling is is high and like there's no there's no getting close to it now so yeah and that's what's funny is like i'm always like dang dude i got such a head start i was like maybe i'll be like super strong when i'm older <laughs> like that's how my brain works it's so stupid but i'm like dang dude it's like if i keep up with it like i've been so i'm like 45 and just keep going dude i'm gonna be nuts yeah. i would love to be like a functional like highly active 75 year old oh that'd be amazing dude i think that's the dream for sure yeah, yeah. i love the videos of like the 90 year old man running a mile on a track i think that's like so inspiring insane bro yeah it's yeah. so inspiring why yeah, been... i bet the going gets tough for them sean yeah the going got tough for them enough and yeah, they got yeah. They didn't stop. Yeah. Still going. Yeah, that's so facts. Well, and if you haven't gotten going, maybe you've been injured and you're like, wow, these guys talking about nothing but something at the same time really helped me out to just maybe get going. That's 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 what this whole goal is. Like, I feel like there's so many people out there that I'm like, something hurts or something's always been in the way. Maybe it's something you can't control. Maybe it's something you can't control, but it's like, just please, like, don't be... Everybody's going to be insecure when they're starting something. I know for yeah. sure insecurity is like my middle name, but it's like when you're starting something, just like find something you feel comfortable with to begin with. And then just like, please roll with it. You know, yeah. give it a go. Go for it and find people to do it with you. Like yes. I, there's no way I would be where I'm at without the community of people around me. It's just, it's, it's not, it wouldn't be possible. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And the lifting community is like that. The crossfit community is like that. The running community is like that. The like, just, I don't know. There's so many supportive groups out there. If you think like there's a good reason for you to not try, go hang out with some of those people because they probably have just as many good reasons not to do what they do. They're still getting after it. So. Oh yeah. Well said. All righty. Well, thanks for joining us guys. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> we'll be seeing you. I don't know when. We'll be seeing you when they're going get good stuff. Oh, look at that, dude. All right. Bye. Yeah.